Again, our scripture reading this morning, Psalms chapter 34, mark that place and go to the very last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, chapter 3. So again, Psalm chapter 34, mark that place for just a minute, and then let's go back into the book of Psalm. Malachi 3 and 3 and Psalms 34. We're going to read uh, in Malachi in those first few verses in just a minute, and then we will turn back into the book of Psalms for just a moment. As you're turning to these two places, I want you to think about afflictions. What are afflictions that you have in your life? I'll tell you this. Not only do we face afflictions in our life, but how do we respond to afflictions in our life? You and I today, I wish that I could tell every one of us that nothing is going to harm us. Now, I looked up, what does it mean to go through an affliction? It is a serious or continued difficulty or misfortune. Now, I find it continued. I, I kind of call it, call it the, the wheels fall off the wagon. Now, in a, in a physical sense, let me tell you what, 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 when I talk about affliction or misfortune. I was getting everything out of the car. I pulled in the driveway and my low tire light was on. And I started getting my bags out. And sure enough, I grabbed a cooler that I'd put some ice in and uh, I had grabbed a piece of cake and I was bringing it home to put in the refrigerator for Kim and I to eat on later on. And I had two or three things. And I walk in, I drop the cake in the floor, walk around the corner and I drop the, uh, one piece of luggage. I had my clothes wet dumping out. And I was so frustrated by that point. I bent over and all of a sudden, guess what happened to the cooler? It dumps out of the kitchen floor. Before I could get it wiped up, it was running under the cabinets. And I thought, I had just walked in the door. One, two, three. It's just all these things were happening. That didn't bother me one bit. Let me go ahead and say that. I just got a sheet and mopped it up and went about my business. That's just the way I am. But what I am saying is, there are people that are facing spiritual afflictions. And how do they respond? You know, sometimes we feel like we're strong enough. Just, just give me your best punch one time. You know, I, I used to play a game with the kids, and I don't do it anymore. I used to want to type my abdomen area, and I want to say, just hit me as hard as you can. And you know what? As long as I was expecting it, they could give me a gut punch, and I would just toughen up, and they would just hit it like a brick. But you know what happens sometimes to those kids? they catch me when I wasn't tensed up. They'd punch me in the gut, and it hurt. You know what I found out about this world? They don't always give you adamant warning to get prepared. Let's just say it like this. You ever been gut punched? That's what the world does. The world comes along and just punches us in the gut. And it's not just one punch. It's another punch and another punch. And while you're down, guess what they do? You're kicked. And all these things happen. But the question is, how do we respond to these afflictions? Something that happens over and over and over again. Don't you just wish. Let's, let's play the wishful game before I read this. What if, don't you just wish that you had one adversity in life that you faced one time, you just kind of grit and bear it for a few seconds, and then it was over with. Couldn't we all endure that? But the problem is, sometimes afflictions are continual, continual, and continual. I want to pause right there for just a minute. Folks, the afflictions that we have in this life are temporary. The afflictions of hell is eternal. Two different things. And I want you to understand, you, you can be saved today and all that we go through in this life, it's only temporary. If you're here and you're lost, your life could be perfectly fine the way you are right now, and that's okay. But what I want you to know is, your afflictions, there's no hope for anything to get better. That's two different scenarios we're in. Here in the book of Malachi, 
What do afflictions do to us? Malachi chapter 3, and let's just skip on down to about the third verse. I'm not going to read the first two. Let's just read the third verse. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. What you're going to see is, is that through the pain and affliction of Jesus and what he goes through, his afflictions and how he overcome, we too can be overcomers in that. And we're going to talk about some of these things in just a minute. But it says, he shall purify the sons of Levi. Now, these aren't the only people that experienced purifying. They were just the first. You know what? Sometimes we look at people in this world and we think, how do these people have it together so much? How do these people just seemingly face afflictions after afflictions after afflictions and they have it? But here's the thing about the people of Levi or the, uh, the, the, the tribe of Levi is that the sons of Levi is that they're not the only ones to experience the power of God. Folks, Sometimes we get in this idea that our great-great-grandparents, they're the only ones that can experience the manifestation of the power of God in life. Folks, I believe right here, right now, every one of us have the same privilege that we can experience the power of God. Amen. The power of God is not something in yesteryears or the days of old. The power of God is not something that is washed up and done away with, folks. We still can experience the power of God. But sometimes when afflictions come, instead of us persevering and saying, God, help me through these things, we just want to run away saying, nobody knows what I'm going through. Sometimes we feel like that if we run, that we are experiencing something that nobody else has experienced. Folks, you all have a much more horror stories in, in, in life of things that you have faced. And I understand that. I'm blessed. I don't have really any problems in my life that I can tell you about that's happened to me since the day the Lord saved my soul. But I can tell you this is that through all of your afflictions today, God can see you through every single one of them. Don't run from God, run to God. Flee to God and He can take care of these things. But the whole purpose of them going through this cleansing, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. God wants you to give Him something. And you know what He says, I'm going to clean it up and then we're going to be able to offer it unto you. I want to turn back now to the Old Testament. If you mark Psalms 34, let's go back just a few verses. Psalm 34, David was running for his life, and he ran to Amalek. Matter of fact, he told a lie. He told him he was sent by Saul. He wasn't sent by Saul, he lied. But the whole idea was, and I, there's lots of ideas of what he meant, but the, the, the thing we need to understand is, is that he came to Amalek and there was need in his life. But here's what I want you to notice. David was running for his life. If you want to reference this, go back to 1 Samuel chapter 21. It's about the first four or five verses. It talks about how that, that he was being chased and how that he goes unto him. But, but notice how David responds to fear. Now, before I read in the Psalms 34 for just a minute, sometimes we think fear is an element of weakness. Well, I can't let anybody, I'm afraid of something. That's, that's just not, that's not very macho to let people know I'm afraid. Folks, 
When the Lord saved my soul, I have no shame in telling you I was afraid of hell. I was afraid of dying. I've been around death all my life. That's all I, I had known when I, in the profession that my father had in the, in, the, in the funeral home business. That's all I ever knew was death. But yet still, as, as, as comfortable as we may have gotten in some sense, I was still afraid for me to be the one that died. There was a fear in me. And let me tell you, folks, God took that fear away when He saved my soul. Even today, even these years later, if God were to tell me that I was leaving this world in three more seconds, I'm fine with that, I'm going to blow you a kiss, and I'm leaving this world, folks, because I'm not worried about, give me just a minute to get ready. I'm not worried about, am I ready, folks? I'm just saying, Lord, let me be used by you during my time on this earth, through all the afflictions that we have in this life, may it be like gold being tried in a fire that we become more pure in what we have. Folks, we need pureness in this world. So many people today are worried about their afflictions or their impurities that they have in life. And you know what? We all have impurities in every one of us. It's easy to look at one person and say, you've got more than this one and you've got more than that one. But the whole idea is none of us are pure Yet, that day's coming for us. But notice how David responded to fear in the very first verse. This sounds like a guy that, man, things are going well in his life. Not a guy that's running for his life. I will bless the Lord at all times. Whew, Lord, thank you for the fatted calf at my table today. You know what? That's an easy time to thank the Lord. Can you thank him when you don't have anything to eat? That's a whole different scenario, isn't it? It's easy to thank the Lord when you got health. What about when you don't have health? When things are going well versus when they're not going as well. David was in a situation. He was running for his life. And he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. You know what? For you and I today that are saved, we have to realize is that we have a time in our life that we need to be able to praise Him at all times. Today we see that there's some, some concerns that David had. And he said, I'm going to bless Him at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Boy, the Christian people today, we need to really get a filter out sometimes. Sometimes we need to kind of be careful about what we're saying and how we're saying it. Folks, today, I understand there's a lot of evil in our life, but I want to say this in the old southern way. Ain't God good? Anybody want to agree with that, folks? God is good. We walked into the church house this morning. We got air conditioning on a hot summer day. We've got food. If you don't have food in your house... It may not be the healthiest food. We've got food in the, in the fellowship hall. You, there's food in all of our lives. We are a blessed people. We're blessed. We have all of these things. We have a gospel being preached. We have a church that loves us. We have a God that sent His only begotten Son, folks. We are blessed. And I can keep you here till the sun goes down and back up in the morning telling you how blessed we are. But David said, Lord, he said, I'm going to pray, uh, bless you at all times. And, and, and what's going to come out of my mouth? Continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and humble shall hear thereof and be glad. So David pointed, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. You know what, today I believe David understood about being in harmony with people. He says, we need to praise the Lord. But I wanted to get down to the fourth verse. This is what I really want to read to you this morning. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. You know how many times I've asked somebody to hand me something and they're distracted and, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Or maybe I need this from this room over here. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. And it's not no fault of theirs. They're just distracted or the noise was pretty high. Aren't you glad today to know that there's nothing that we can tell God that He doesn't hear? You know what I love about God is? Not even a word has to come out of your mouth. 
God knows your heart. God hears the cries, not of your mouth, but He hears the cries of your heart. That's why we talk about how that it's not important what you say from your mouth, but it's about what does your heart cry out? David said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. We see David went through a time of uh, affliction here. And he says, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You know, I love the word when he talks about... In, when he uses the, the capital L, the capital O, the capital R, the capital D. In other words, it's all caps. That's talking about Jesus, which is meaning we're talking, or Yahweh, I should say, which is talking about one person and one person only could help David in the situation he's in. Now, David was not saying there were not other people that could help him. If you have a flat tire, I don't know how many people in here is going to go outside the parking lot and help you with your flat tire. There are other people that have the potential to help you out. Cars not running smoothly or the air conditioner's not working on your house. We've all got a long, long list. We call, we call the plumbers and electricians and the carpenters and the, and the asphalt people and the, car, and the, and the, and the concrete work. We have all kinds of people that we call because they can help us with the problems we have. But I'm going to pause that thought just a minute. Do you believe that there are situations in our life that there's only one person that can help you? Folks, I want to tell you, if you do not know the answer to that, I am telling you, when it comes to your soul, there is nobody else on this earth that can help you out. It takes the Lord, which being Yahweh, only God can help you. You know what? Maybe remove and kind of shed off all these other people. I'll tell you, I had some wonderful Sunday school teachers in my life. I need some good saints. Sometimes I'll kind of get out and I've got a few minutes... I'll run by the cemetery there at New Crossroads Church and I'll just kind of stand there and I'll look at all these Sunday school teachers that I had and people that used to sit in certain pews and they're all kind of all around the place buried there in that church cemetery. One, their work is over with. But you know what? As great as those Sunday school teachers and song leaders and deacons were and preachers were, there's preachers buried out there. There's Paul buried. And stuff, all kinds of people buried there. But you know what? There was a time in my life I got an that altar, folks. There was nothing that nobody else could do. It was strictly between me and God. You that are here this morning, I assure you that there's times in your life that it's only between you and God when you are afflicted. And what I mean by that is, it's not just things are going wrong, but there's a pain, there's a sorrow, there's a trouble in your heart. Only God can help you of those things. If you've never been saved today, there's an affliction only the Lord can give. And that's what he says here, and I sought the Lord. But notice what he goes on to say there. And he heard me. That's a, that, that's a lesson of itself. And delivered me from all my fears. I want to pause on that word delivered for just a minute. The word delivered means to snatch away. That's what it means right there. To snatch away or to tear it loose from something. Now if you've got a phone in your pocket. I want to use something we probably all know a little bit about. If you've got a phone in your pocket. And I lay my phone down on a pulpit and I get distracted and you come along and take my phone. You're not pulling it away from me. If I grab a hold of this thing and I'm squeezing it tight, then you're going to be stronger or you're going to be weaker and you're either not going to pull it out or you are going to pull it out. The whole idea of me holding on to my phone is it's mine and I want to hold on to it. 
You know what today? There's a world out there today that is grabbing a hold of human beings. And they do not want to willingly let go. Evil is not going to just say, you want to go do good? Just go do good. You, 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 want, to, you want to worship the Lord? Just go worship the Lord. You want to praise and adore His name? Just go praise and adore His name. I'll tell you what the world will do. Where's this God that you serve? You mean to tell me that God's going to let you go through these afflictions? Where is your God at? Where is the God at that's allowing the, the society to get in the condition it's in? Do you not believe that God can change us and save us? Sounds kind of like the thief on the cross, didn't it? If, you, if, you're, if you're the Almighty and you are the King of Kings, why don't you just save us and take us down? That's what the world is thinking today. All these excuses about how that we, we, we're not serving a God that is there for us. But you see, God, let me ask you this. If I'm holding my phone in my hand and you're weaker than I am, you can't pull it away. But you know what? Name me one circumstance in this life that God cannot snatch us out of. Folks, if God can deliver you out of hell, He can deliver you out of anything. And that's what David said. Lord, He said, you pick me up out of the miry pits of hell. He said, you set my feet on the solid rock and you establish my goals. Folks, that is my God right there. God can do anything. Sometimes we want to live in Him saying, well, God, as long as this is in your, uh, in your realms of, of, of power and ability. Folks, God existed outside of everything that we've ever known. God listened lived and existed outside of those things. And David began to say here, he says, I sought the Lord and He heard me. And it was after He heard me, He said that He delivered me, snatched me away, He rescued, He tore me out. They tried to hold, but God could pull even harder. I'm glad today to know that no matter what it is that you're, that, that you're in today, if you're lost, you may feel like hell has got a grip on you, but God is stronger. God can snatch you out and God can deliver. For notice what He says here, the, the afflictions that He's going to, He said... The righteous. You know, a lot of times we think that when he talked about there in that fourth, uh, excuse me, he says, uh, uh, he says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered from all my fears. He says, they looked upon me and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. I want to skip on down to about the 19th verse. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. That's what I wanted to get over to this, this morning. And I wanted to focus on the very fact that the Lord delivers them. You and I today sometimes have to realize is that sometimes God leaves us in a furnace. And the reason that the trying of our faith happens is it's not to make us weaker. It's to make us purer. It's to make us more, uh, more glorifying unto God in this life. All of us would love it. I, how many times in our life did something we know that in order to get better, we were going to have to get worse. Does that make sense? In order for something like if it's a sore or something bad, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to make it better. Dislocation is probably one of the more, more common things. You know, if you've if you got a dislocated shoulder, it's going to hurt before it's going to start getting better. You've got to pop it back in place. But you know what? I thank God today that there comes a time in our life where that, that God's going to make things better. We just got to trust Him in that. For He says here, the righteous people. And He goes on to say, not only the righteous... But notice what he says in the 19th verse. For many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them, delivereth him out of them all. You know, I believe that what David was going through was painful. You know what I've learned about pain? Pain, you can't see it. These children that are, that are growing up, 
nobody ever has to say, well, that's what pain is. They just understand pain because that's what they feel. You know where a hurt is? A hurt's in her heart. You know, it's hurt. It's what is there. You don't see it, but you know it's real. You know it exists. And I believe that David was going through a pain. You know what? Do you believe that there's a difference between something that hurts versus something that's uncomfortable? Let me ask you this. Have you ever had something that maybe you're sore from, from, from walking somewhere or working out or doing something? You're a little bit sore. You're discomfort versus something that absolutely hurts. People that have like nerve damage and lots of extenuous, I mean very extensive type pain. They talk about how that, that all you can think about is the pain. Again, I think about what hell's going to be like. People just think about the pain, but they can't get over it. They can't get through these things. And David, when it says here these afflictions... We have to understand that the true meaning of that word means he was deeply hurt. He was running for his life. He was fleeing. He goes to uh, Amulek there and he begins to, to ask. He basically tells him he needs some food. And then you can see in that first Samuel chapter uh, 21 that he does. He gives him some bread, which was, was, was the meal for a priest. But he said, I'm going to give you these things because you have need of them. But in this it says that he was afflicted. He was hurting, but notice what he says also in the 19th verse. Many are the inflictions of the righteous. Is there anybody here today that wish we could make afflictions affliction? I'm going to say that one more time. Let's take the S off. Anybody here want to take afflictions in your life and let's make it affliction, being singular? Don't you wish that you only had to feel pain once? Don't you wish that you only had to hurt one day? Maybe let's just say one day this week. Maybe one day we're going to fight the afflictions of the world and make it an affliction. And then we're going to get over it. And the rest of the week it's just smooth sailing. Folks, I am not going to deceive you that you do not have. And you're not going to be faced with an affliction. You're going to be faced with afflictions being plural. But you know what I believe? God's not going to run out and say, well, I don't have enough for all of these saints, folks. God has enough to get us through every plural affliction that you have in your life. God can get you through every one of them. And it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Matter of fact, sometimes these afflictions multiply and they multiply and they multiply and they multiply. They get worse and they get worse and they get worse. Is there anybody here? Boy, I don't... I've, yeah, I've had plenty of these, but has anybody here ever had one of those days where you thought it could not get worse and then it got worse? You go out after work and your tire's flat on your truck. You just thought, man, this is the worst day I've had in a long time. And you get outside and, man, then you, not only do you change the tire, then the truck won't crank, the battery's dead. That's when you just finally say, somebody come pick me up, I'm done. Folks, our days seem like they get worse and they're worse and they're worse. But you know what I believe? That God is the maker of the bad days just like he used the good days. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. My thoughts are not always the best thoughts in the world when those days happen. I have to confess that to you. But it's when I get in the flesh. Sometimes I say, Lord, what, what have I done? I'm sorry. I, I, I'll go to church a little longer. I'll read. You know, we, we kind of want to ration with God and think, Lord, I'll do more for you. But folks, may we understand like David did in the 19th verse, many are the afflictions. God is not going to allow you to be burdened more than what you can bear. We talk about bridges. And if you'll see a little sign that says, Two-ton weight limit, or there's, there's a weight limit. In other words, that bridge can only carry so much. Sometimes you and I, we have it called, we call it a breaking point. 
We think, Lord, I'm at my breaking point. It's okay to be at your breaking point. But what you need to realize is, is that when I've got too much in a, in a load, I just want to take that off of one load and say, here, somebody else needs to take this. I can remember one time we were in Jamaica and we loaded the truck down. And I was a little nervous, I'll say this. The truck literally was about ready to stand up on its end. It was just loaded down. I really didn't want to take some of that lumber and put it on another truck. But no, we, we loaded the truck up and we went. But you know what? I feel like that's the way we are as human beings sometimes. I got this. And we just load it down and just keep on going. The Lord said, you don't have to carry these burdens. you got to give them to me. But you know what? Sometimes we get that. Let's lock it down in four-wheel drive. Let's get really strong. We're going to endure this thing. All of a sudden, all those afflictions, if we would just kind of chisel down saying, Lord, this one's yours and this one's yours and this one's yours and this one's yours. Well, my job, my family, uh, gas prices, whatever you want to name, Lord, all these problems, they're yours. And you know what? All of a sudden, God handles all their problems. Let me ask you. This is a rhetorical question. Do you think God can handle your problems? You think God can handle your problems? But are you giving them to him? Okay. And we see that David began to get to this place. He said, many, many are the afflictions of the righteous. David talks about those first four verses. He said, the Lord delivered me out of all of these things. That's what he was talking about there in that fourth verse. He delivered me from all of my fears. He snatched me away. He delivered me from there. But again, he talks about in the 19th verse, he uses the exact same word. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of a majority of them. That's not what my Bible says. Does anybody else's Bible say anything besides all of them? Or but them all? Folks, the Bible teaches us that Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth out of them all. Do you know what I believe? If the Lord can deliver out of afflictions, that is a reminder for me that our pain that we have in this life is not eternal. Folks, God does not mean for anything like that to happen. The eternal pain is going to happen when the soul goes to hell. But all the temporary pain that we have in this life, God said, I'll take them away. But we've got to believe in the afflictions that, that we face in this life. For he says, the Lord delivereth him out of them all. But notice who does the delivering. The Lord delivers him out of them all. I believe that God knows every single thing that you're going through. I believe God knows every single thing that I'm going through. He knows every trial. He knows every temptation. And I believe He can, he can deliver us out of that. There's a reason. There's a purpose behind it. For the Lord delivers Him out of them all. But do you think that God has a purpose and a reason for these afflictions? Absolutely that He does. We all have them. We all, and, and, and there are different variants of it. There are different times in our life. Some people face it early in their life. And, you know, things just happen early in their life. They face afflictions. You know what? I've seen the elderly just at the very end of their life, they're facing afflictions. And everywhere in between, those are just kind of the bookends of life. From the beginning to the end, people are going through afflictions after afflictions after affliction. And I remind you, that's plural. But you know what? God is the healer of them all. I will bless the Lord at all times. Gets a little hot, I'm going to praise the Lord. The economy not the way you want, I'm going to praise the Lord. Yeah, all the things in life not the way you want them, your jobs and your schools and all these things, I'm going to still praise the Lord. Why? He's in control of them all. Sometimes we think he's lost control. I have made that statement many times about parents. Man, they've lost control. 
Folks, God has not lost control of this world. God still is in control. Now, we may not let him, but God is still in control. Sometimes we kind of get on this, God, are, are you sure you're still paying attention? You know, sometimes somebody's monitoring something offside on cameras and we want to say, are you sure you're watching what I'm watching? Because if you would, you would be acting, folks. God, let me ask you this. Do you think God sees everything? Oh, I believe God sees everything. He knows everything, folks. We serve a God that knows all, sees all, and has control. He's all-powerful God. And He says, I'm going to bless your name. You know what? It's easy to praise His name on the mountain. But He says, I will praise Thee continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. So He joins in. And He says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. We understand what it means to magnify. Magnify means to take something at a distance and you pull it up closer. I don't get the telescope out near as much at night like I used to years ago, but I used to love looking at those, the planets. And, you know, we just went through a time where you could see several in one night. But, you know, looking at the moon, we would take those and we would bring them up so we could see them closer. The world's saying, where, where's God at? I used to love it how we would go out pond water and we would take it and we'd put it on a little slide and we'd get that microscope and we'd zoom it on in and we'd show them something they couldn't see. The world doesn't see God but do we magnify Him to where they can see Him? Folks, magnification is meant to be an instrument. We are instruments to be used by God. Through all the afflictions that we have in our life, David said, Come join with me. I'm hurting just like you're hurting. I'm going through a dark valley just like you're going through. He says, but why don't you come on over here? He said, let us magnify the Lord with me. He said, instead of just complaining about how bad things are, he said, let us exalt his name together. Today, just like we read to you there in the book of uh, Malachi there, we read to you in that uh, third chapter how that the Lord wants to purify the sons of Levi. The Lord is bringing you through a time that you might be cleansed, that we might purify His holy name. Excuse me, that, that, that the righteousness that we have is going to be purified so what we give Him is going to be pure too, folks. I'm glad today to know that God can clean up what I have to give Him. And there's a lot of deeds that I have in my life that need to be cleaned up. But God's able to do that. So this evening, this morning rather, I want you to listen to what he said in that 19th verse of Psalms 34. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. I want us to get a song here this morning if we could.